and welcome to Enter the Fold, a Shadow and Bone podcast. I'm Caitlin, your host who has read the books. And I'm Rachel, your extra host, who has also read the books, but not as recently as Caitlin. Okay, you didn't reread them before the show? I did not reread them before the show. I considered it, I thought about it, and then a couple things. I was like, I could try, probably could make the time, but also I have recently kind of embrace this idea that if I were to read the books like right before the show right then that stuff would be like right there in my brain while I'm watching the show and I didn't want that to cut into my enjoyment that makes sense yeah because I do typically try to to keep like books and then their television or movie adaptations as like they're they're separate things Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. it's an adaptation it's got similar things but it's its own you know, the adaptation is always its own thing. And that's that's kind of been the way I approach adaptations for, I mean, I say for years before I really had like language to describe how, right. how I approach that. But that's just always been the easiest, like for me, for things like, you know, when the Lord of the Rings books came out or movies came out and, you know, when they did new Star Trek and new Star Wars and stuff like that, I'm just like, it is easier on my brain if I'm just like, these are similar, but they're not the same. I try my best to go in with that idea and sometimes I am successful and sometimes I am not but I oh sorry I I did just want to say thank you for joining me today because as I'm sure a lot of listeners noticed um recording with Mandy was a lot of fun but also very challenging for me (laughs) and sometimes I just wanted to talk about how I don't understand how they're gonna do season two because it makes no sense how they're gonna do season two yeah exactly I've I've said the same thing. Yeah. Well, I tried, you know, to say that like to my partner when we watched the show and he's not familiar with the books and I'm just like, I have questions. Like, Cause you don't need amplifiers if you can just take a little Jerda, a Jerda Perem. Right. Like, what? The two things kind of cancel each other out. What's the. I'm like, <laughs> what would happen to Alina's power if she took some Jerda Perem? Oh. Cause well, like, would a... she go through like a Nina like transformation? That would be so cool. Well then, and also, what would happen if Alina took Jerda? I'd say, I guess I'll say now, like right. where we are in, like where the books are. Like, there's what? Am I seven books now? Yeah, seven books. Seven books now. So it's like interesting she- thought because she doesn't have powers, but is she still like physiologically? I don't know if that was a word. A Grisha, because if she is, she could survive the Perem, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. possibly. That right? Yeah, she could. It's interesting. And then of course, further complicated by how they're how they do what is it, synthetic basically in by the end of Rule of Wolves. They're doing different stuff with it. Did you so finish we, Rule of Wolves? No, I'm like halfway through. Okay. But I definitely flipped to the end to double check a couple things because <laughs> I have no shame. No, that's fair. It's just like I was I didn't read Rule of Wolves the day it came out because I was rereading the books uh, for the show, like the podcast and the show. And also because Rule of Wolves was coming out and I wanted everything fresh in my mind. Yeah. Just because from things that Lee had said uh, on social media, it sounded like it was going to be like a big farewell to the world and we were going to be seeing everyone in it. And so I wanted to refresh my mind on where everyone was. And because of that, at one point, I'd wanted to look up something about Zoya's family. And this was the day Rule of Wolves came out. So I went to like the Grishaverse wiki and top of Zoya's page, this is a huge end of Rule of Wolves spoiler. (laughs) It just said, she is the queen of Rafka. And I was like, what the fuck? 
right? <laughs> oh my goodness, I can't I'm, even like even having read um you know King of Scars. Yeah. I can see how that would be I, a bit of I was like people have zero chill about that sort of stuff. <laughs> yeah, we should know better. I did I did try really hard somewhere just like to casually slip into con- conversation with Mandy calling Zoya a queen, but it it never quite happened, and I was like, eh, uh, it's not going to happen. Or calling her a dragon, right. and that never quite happened either, but, yeah, well. Yeah, no, she, I think, and I know, like, I mean, I feel like this, the King of Scars and Rule of Wolves were kind of sold to us as, like, it's, they're Nikolai's story, and yeah. they're not not Nikolai's story, mm-hmm. <laughs> but especially when I was, and I, I listened to most of King of Scars. Right. And then I was like, oh, I'm just going to start Rule of Wolves. I don't think, you didn't think I was going to have, I knew I wouldn't have time to finish it before we talked, but I was like, I got to start this. And even just listen, I'm like, Nikolai's stuff is good, but Nina and Zoya are like, that's what I was, that's what I was reading for. I feel (laughs) that way in Rule of Wolves, but in King of Scars was the other for me. I felt, I was bored by Nina's story because it was so removed from everything else that was happening. And so until the end, when it really started getting interesting, and also, yeah. I don't, she was so sad about Matthias at the beginning, and I don't give one single shit about Matthias. <laughs> and I know I'm in the minority there. I just think he's boring. <laughs> or at least that he was in Crooked Kingdom, and I thought he should have died a lot earlier, because yeah. it would have been more interesting to the story. And his character growth was done at the end of Six of Crows. Yeah, yeah. You're not wrong. You're definitely not wrong. Because there were definitely times in uh, Crooked Kingdom where I'm just like, well, he doesn't have anything to do. Yeah, exactly. He just didn't have a whole lot to do. But um, but when with like Nina's pieces in King of Scars, I think, you know, I get emotionally, I'm, I'm emotionally attached to her as a character. Oh, yeah. I do love Nina. And I, I will say... Sorry to interrupt you again. A part of my dislike of Matthias is definitely stemmed from that I'm resentful that there is no, there is zero Nina and Hana art out there. There's Nobody cares about her relationship with Hana, which really? is literally world changing. It's a queer relationship. And you said you've read the end of Rule of Wolves, right? Yeah. Yes. I read like so that So you know last... what happens to them, right? Yes. That there are yes. now two Grisha on the throne of Fierda. Yep. Like, that is some world-changing shit, and it is super important, and nobody fucking talks about it. Nobody cares, because everyone loves Matthias. And I'm like, this is huge! Like, and then she just ended the book, and I'm like, but... Yeah, we've got... There's gotta be... Grisha is now pretending to be the Prince of Fierda, and they're taking over with with her queer girlfriend. Like... And even, uh, I think, like, the first... In the, the first part of so the first third of Rule of Wolves, when, you know, Hannah decides to go, she, she wants to do the whatever they call that, you know, find a husband at court yeah. know, as a as a way to get them, you know, in there. And and she when she's she says that thing to Nina about that she felt like herself when she was pretending to be a man or a boy in yeah. King of Scars. And I went, oh, my gosh, are we is this are we doing a trans Grisha. Yeah. And then when I, like I said, I read, like I flipped through to the back. So I was actually looking, I was checking for, I was like, wait, is, you know, some stuff with Zoya. And then I was like, wait a second, this thing happens. And then she thinks she's dead. And I was like, well, now I got to like read the last bit because there's no way. I was like, there's no way that Lee is like, here's a love interest, gonna kill him. Here's another one, gonna kill that one too. 
like know, that would not. that would ultimately seal that Nina has one type and one type only, which is, of course, people who were raised by her mortal enemy and then die. Right? <laughs> it's like, that's horrible. Because, like, yeah, I really do like her, and I think she had... And you're right, in King of Scar, some of her stuff, you know, was a little bit slow, slower paced, I think, and it felt very removed. Yeah. Which I feel like she had some really good lines, though, you know, when she was... Just, and it... And things stemming from that she's just in this emotional place where she's just like, well, I got nothing left to lose. That's true. And a lot of it was better when I reread it, like, because I'm a very impatient person. So wanting to get to the end of a book. Right. And so and reading chapters that didn't feel like that they were serving the story of the book was frustrating mm -hmm. to me. Um, So that could be a thing. Yeah, I can see that. And I do, I do want to, and I think I will before season two comes out, I am going to reread. Uh, six of crows definitely that's always a joy i love that book so much and it was my six of crows was my introduction to the greaserverse i know a lot of people I, who have that i read that one in 2016 um, and i just i just loved it so much and then i read you know alina's books yeah and and i could definitely and i know you've i think you've mentioned it in the podcast before and i think it it's kind of just widely accepted that they're they're good books and lee's a great author but especially going from reading six of crows and then reading this trilogy i can definitely see where she's grown as an author or you know her strengths oh, yeah. where she's grown into things some of the pacing and some of the characters you know, i was like i and i liked that you know i really liked that trilogy but i as a whole i didn't enjoy it as much as i enjoyed just the the single six of crows book by itself yeah, I see a lot of people, especially on TikTok, just blindly recommending that everybody read Shadow and Bone. And I'm like, this is not how you should be recommending these books to people. Because uh, there are really, really good things in them, but they are hugely a product of their time. Yes, oh, they absolutely are. And that's, yeah, the other thing that's interesting to me, because, you know, like I said, I, I read Six of Crows and I was completely unfamiliar with with um, Shadow and Bone. Mm-hmm. I don't know how, well, I was, I was in library school when those books came out. So I think I just missed them. Gotcha. <laughs> I just kind of missed them. And then I started reading, um, the Red Sex of Crows, but I, I feel like 2016, I kind of got back into, like, I was reading a lot more and I read a lot of YA. Um, I read the E. Schwab's Shades of Magic, which isn't YA, but I read, I read that series, and then I read Six of Crows. I ended up reading these. I was reading, I think, um, the Raven Boy series, too. Man, you're bringing up a lot of books I don't like. <laughs> I'm just trying to stay quiet. Which is fine. They're not for everyone. They're not for everyone. But um, that trilogy, I think, just kind of compared to other stuff I was reading at the time, I was like, oh, there's, there's definitely things I like. And I was obviously very thrilled to find out that they were doing a TV show and then it was Netflix and some of like the producers that are attached to it, like Eric. Hesser, I love his, yeah. I love his, his other work. I was just like, oh, you know, when I saw his name, I was already following him on Twitter, I think, when he got attached to the project. And I remember going, oh my gosh, like I was thinking we could have a decent adaptation, but now I feel so much better about it. <laughs> Okay, so there's a question. Overall, how did you feel about the show? I thought it was solid. I thought it was a solid fantasy. They did a gr I thought they did a great job adapting the world. Mm -hmm. Like I really felt like the characters were were solidly inhabiting the world that I recognized from the books. And that was I think 
you know, again, speaking of Lee's strengths, I think world building is a big strength of hers. And I thought they did a really good job of translating those, you know, pieces, making the differentiation between countries and different people Mm -hmm. from different countries. I thought that worked really well. The thing about Lee is that she's a very visual writer. When you read her books, even the early ones, there are some scenes where you're just like, this was made to be put on the screen. And right. so I think her books do lend themselves a lot yeah, they do. to that adaptation. Like talking about Siege and Storm, I distinctly recall like the first time I read that book, I had an advanced copy of it and I got to the end and there's that scene where Lena is ripping the shadows out of the Darkling. Right. And I remember thinking this has to be on screen. Like that's why she wrote this scene. Yeah. And I'm if they change a single thing about that, like it has to be in the chapel. It has to be him on his knees and her above him ripping the Nichivoya out of him and then and the two of them like dying because of it. Oh, I need it. I've needed it for it's like eight years at this point. So if they change a single thing about that scene, I'm going to be a little bit angry. I would really hope that. I mean, there's always that, you know, well, fans always have, every fan has like that one thing that they want and we're not all going to get what we want. But that seems like a scene that, why would they change that? Yeah, like it's so I mean, good. It's, you know, decisions, you know, decisions will be made it's out of our hands. But yeah, that that scene, I can't. Yeah, if they did it differently, I think I, I would be right there with you. Be like, what is that? Why? Why would you, why would you change that? Yeah, that scene was perfectly written for a screen. And if I don't get to see it, uh, words are going to be said. Angry on the internet. Yeah. Yelling. All right. Before we get any further. First, there's other casting rumors. Yes. So similarly to my previous stalking, both Jesse and Ben are following Jessica Henwick on Instagram. Jay Henwick on Instagram, who is a beautiful looking Asian lady who everybody is now assuming is has been cast as Tamar. Tolia. Tamar. Shoot. Oh. I don't remember which one's which. Tamar. Tamar's a girl. Oh, that that would be awesome. And something that I realized, but I couldn't talk about with Mandy, because they've cast Nadia as a black woman, we get to see a lesbian relationship on screen between a black woman and a Chinese woman, which I don't think I've ever seen. Oh my gosh. And I I'm think, happy. I didn't think about that. I mean, I was definitely you know, thinking about, oh, good, we're going to get, you know, I mean, obviously, Tamar and Tolia, I'm like, that's exciting. That's, diver- you know, more diverse casting but i wasn't even thinking about nadia in that context no because i'm and i know and again you know i was just re rereading king of scars and started rule of wolves and i'm like oh yeah she's a character that i remember and i like her but you know when we're talking about oh who are we looking forward to in season two she wasn't you know no shade to her wasn't the first person that came to mind no so. sadly nikolai and wylan are usually top of the list yeah well i mean why not though they're they're adorable and I love them. I, I do love both of them too. Although I am sometimes just really guilty that in this series that has so many good women that I'm always just like, but Nikolai. <laughs> I just look, I'm just looking at this Instagram account. Yeah. I know and nothing then, about her. She looks familiar, but I'll have to look up her, like her IMDb. A friend of mine is also like completely unrelated, randomly following her. Um, so I assume she's done something that would have brought her to a friend of mine's attention. Maze Runner, maybe? I never watched those. Uh, I didn't watch those. Oh, she was in Love and Monsters. Okay. I have seen that. It's actually a decent movie. Okay. Not Maze Runner. No, because there's a picture with the dude that's in Maze Runner. And I was like, oh, maybe that's it. And then I that looked at it. Narrow down. There's a lot of dudes in Maze Runner. It's all dudes. <laughs> 
I, yeah, I think the I think he's the um the Teen Wolf guy. Mm. <laughs> uh, oh, oh, Yes. Isn't it? I always get him mixed up with yeah. Logan Merman because they look exactly the yeah, fucking same. I think it's the one that you said. <laughs> Again, I'm like, I just never got into those. But yeah, she's in Love and Monsters with him, which is it's a it's a fun movie. Okay, that's that's what I recognize her from. Well, she 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 looks great, and what I really want for the cast is to them continue using like largely unknown people who are yes up and comers. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I so agree. yeah, that's all I want. Like I saw somebody post somewhere on instagram tiktok i don't know saying that they really wanted sam claflin as nikolai i'm like maybe like uh, seven years ago uh, <laughs> but no he's too I, no I, I don't like doing somebody in like a ya series who's well known for another ya series yeah because i'm like don't cross the streams i agree and also i think he's too old now because nikolai is only like two or three years older than yeah, now and alina i forget how young how young he yeah. he is Especially the first time we see him, because then I was in Evening King in King of Scars. They're talking about, oh, he's so young, he's so young. Yeah. And I'm like, crap! How old was he when we first met him? Well, when you first meet him, he's Sturmhunt, and he's been tailored, right? And I don't think she really accurately described how old he looked then. And then he changes, and you know, she just sort of you don't really get the idea of how young he is, but he is pretty young. So that Tolia is like a big guy, yeah. Like he is a big, a bigger. Asian which, dude, so. which is also something you don't see too often on screen, like a like a hulked out Asian guy. So I hope I hope they cast that well. Also, I hope they do. Yeah, because I do. I really do like them together, and and it would it would really be awesome to have a an Asian and a a black woman lesbian romance, and well, we just need more of that anyway. I think. Yeah, because that's. Oh, speaking of which, I meant to apologize. In my rant about Nina and Hana, I do think I referred to Hana as her, which I probably should not do. Uh, oh. But well. most most of the book does. But I think at the end, it's very clear that she would prefer a different pronoun. Um, yeah. I try to be careful about that, but I was, uh, I was pissed off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. And that's, I mean, again, like, I'm obviously going to finish this book, hope, you know, in the next couple of weeks. Well, I've got classes starting, so. <laughs> um, yeah let's say the, the way that they talk about being more comfortable as as a a masculine uh masculine presentation versus mm-hmm. feminine you know whether whether they've chose you know prefer to be a he or they i suppose yeah it's hard because like the culture that lee has written doesn't have the terminology for that but so after hana murders the prince and then tailors themselves to look like the prince and take over the country. Uh, Nina talks, they have Nina and Hana have a talk and Nina's like, you're stuck like this now forever. And Hana's like, yeah, it's great. Yeah. So really into it. Yeah. So yeah, you're right. Well, like, I hope we get seven seasons of the show and we get to see this. I don't know. Me too. Me too. Because that's, you know, another thing I'm like, how many, okay, if we are going to get, of course, you know, that I've read King of Scars and Part of Rule of Wolves. I'm like, I definitely want to see that adaptation. So how many how many seasons is that? Is it, Would it be seven? I don't know. It pro- also, it's hard to pitch to a, like a production company like Netflix that, yeah, we want to keep going, but we want to ditch half our main cast. Yeah. So- In- including Ben Barnes. We want to ditch him for a bit. He'll be back, though. 
Well, see, and that's, I mean, I guess that's the way that you could spin it. And I'm like, there's going to be no Ben Barnes, but then there's going to be Ben Barnes. Yeah. Like, he can go do other stuff, but then we would like him back. <laughs> so right. that's that's a hard sell to a production company. And, yeah. like, everybody loves the crows. Yeah, we're ditching most of them, too. <sighs> see, I could see, and, you know, again, who knows? Because it's it's Netflix, you know, if there's... I could see a like oh a seven seasons, but I could also see some kind of like spinoff kind of thing. Like we're like, well, it's yeah, it's seven seasons, but technically this is a like a different show. That's true. Uh, Netflix. I know um, when Eric pitched the show, he pitched it as three seasons, mm-hmm. incorporating both series of the books, or the two that because at the time Netflix didn't even have the rights to Six of Crows and he was basically like oh nope I don't have an idea then and then right, Netflix was right. called him later and was like okay we acquired the rights to Six of Crows too you can do your thing okay i didn't realize i mean that that makes sense yeah but i didn't realize that was quite how it went and i'm glad that they decided to well see that itself like they spent the money to acquire both series so i'd hope that they would be open to options to continue to make money off of them well they don't have the rights currently to king of scars and rule of wolves or the lives of saints they do have the rights to the fairy tale book that what's her face wrote the um the thorns uh, language, one. Of thorns. language of thorns, yeah. of thorns so which is interesting because literally the design of the the saints book is the exact same design it has in the series but they don't actually have the rights to adapt to that oh yeah because didn't they didn't they um give it a different title in Ravken. Like they used the design and then they, or the book that David's reading, they mm. used the design, but I think they gave it a different title. I think they titled it Shadow and Bone. Oh no, the title that, the book that David's reading is Shadow and Bone. The okay. Lives of Saints book is what the apparat gives to. <gasps> oh, oh yeah. Okay. So he gives it to her, but they. But they don't actually title. have the rights for anything that's physically in the, in the actual book that oh, exists okay. in the real world. But the design, the cover design is the same. Right, so right. Okay. Yeah, because I remember, I think we were watching, you know, again, my poor partner. I'm like, we're watching and I smack him. And he's like, what? And I was like, that's a, that's a thing. It's a real book. I, <laughs> it's a book. He was just like, yeah, it looks like a book. I'm like, no, it's like a real book. It's another book. I think I did the same thing when yeah. <laughs> David, I was like, oh my God, is he reading Shadow and Bone? And he was like, I don't understand what's happening. <laughs> it's it's fine. It's fine. I watched with my sister and a friend. And my sister has not read the books at all, but the friend I was watching with had. And when Kaz and Jesper were introduced, the friend and I both looked at each other and were like, they're perfect. And like, they'd been on screen for two seconds. And yeah. my sister was just like, what? Yeah. What do you mean? I'm like, or no, she said they're perfect, and I said I love them. And my sister was like, "Why? <laughs> what?" And like literally, they just spoke it like he he you know he had that intro with the cane on the table yep. and the yeah. great music. <laughs> yeah, I'm, sister was I'm so pretty, confused. I'm pretty sure when that um, you know those scenes happen, because I'm pretty sure I was like, "Oh my god, here it comes! Here it comes!" I yeah. was like, just sit, like I like leaning forward, and my partner was just like, "Okay, this is a thing." And they show up, and I was like, ah! <laughs> you know, made a similar sound. Not that one, just very loudly, just like, you know, gasps of joy. <laughs> oh my God, they're so good. They're so good. It's very clear but, that most people are here for the crows and the crows alone. 
I mean, kind of. And well, the crows and, and Nikolai—that's who we're here for, right? It's the crows. It's the crows and Nikolai show, which you know, again, just this compressed timeline with the crows. It's like lots of questions about how they're going to do season two. Yeah, I don't. I don't know how they're going to do it. I guess they could do. They could come up with an ice court heist that doesn't involve Perem. That's the only thing I can think of. That it's just something else. <sighs> yeah, I. But then you don't have the Kirkgood, or oh. or I. Yeah, that's because that's the other. You know, if, if they're gonna, how much? How much will they? Can they compress it? Because there's stuff that would change. You know, some of the, the like political thing, the political things that happen, and like the the armies and the battles and things like that that happen in Siege and Storm. Well, like, the only thing I can think really is that they either have to be planning to not carry on with the story after mm-hmm. Rune and Rising, like to not even be thinking about right. doing King of right. Scars, and then and that way they are free to completely change what yeah. is creating the stakes in Six of Crows. Right. Because you could, yes. To do King of Scars and etc., you can't take Perem out of the world. But if you're not going to do it, and let's let's be honest, Netflix doesn't like to do more than three seasons of a show anyways. Um, True. So they they could change what is creating, like they could replace Perem with something else. So that's interesting. But then you have the, the, the thought of how they're going to make the two stories match up because now suddenly these characters that were intertwined in season one if they yeah. stick to the plots, are not going to be intertwined at all. Mm-hmm. The the uh. only other thing that has occurred to me, you know, and again, who knows, is like, you know, even though, because what, Six of Crows takes place, what, two years mm-hmm. after the end of Rune and Rising? Yeah. For some reason, I was, like I originally told someone, I was like, it's like five or ten, and I was like, no, that's not right. No, I know that's not right. But it's yeah, two, two years, because Nina is in in right. school right now, in the books, at in at the Little Palace. She would have right. crossed paths with Alina there. Oh, yeah. Because she gets and sent then, to Crimson in Rune and Rising. Right. Because they kind of go over some of that in King of Scars. Yeah. Like, where she was when certain things happened. I'm like, well, obviously that's, you know, that won't happen. But, I mean, the, the changes like that, that's not, that doesn't seem huge to me. No. But it has occurred to me, you know, would they, in, instead of doing the ice court, the plot of six of crows in season two of shadow and bone would they insert a completely different heist and then try to you know and then see like do the ice court do the actual full plot of six of crows as its own season because i'm not really sure that you could have the plot of six of crows at the same time as the stuff that's going on in siege and storm not even just because it doesn't work but because like there's no there's if we only get six episodes like that's like i enjoyed the crows in season one of shadow and bone because they're not supposed to be there so i wasn't mad at it i mean i like to see as much of them as possible yeah but like the switching back and forth i'm like that's okay because this is all new stuff for them but i don't know how you can you could do that and do it well simultaneously with siege and storm I don't. Like I, I genuinely only... don't know either, and it's a big ask of an audience to care about two completely different storylines. Right, right. Especially so... an audience who hasn't read the books. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, know. I don't know. 
And like, how am I supposed to care about what's happening to Alina when Inej has to climb up the incinerator shaft? Oh my gosh, her feet! Like, that's the best scene in any book I've ever read, almost. And yeah, I don't. It's it's so good. It's it's what like like what's your favorite you know scene from a book? Oh well, so her her shoes melt. What? Drink something yeah. that's so She pretty. has to climb up an incinerator shaft. She, her shoes melt. Bad things happen, but she comes to this great self-actualization moment, yeah. and achieves personal freedom from her past. And it's like, how are those two things connected? I'm like, I don't know, but they are. It's awesome. It's a break. It's it's a personal breakthrough. I was like crying through half of it. Yep. It's so yeah. How do you do that at the same time? At at the same time as oh, Malice being mopey. Because, because Nikolai's hotter than him. <laughs> Nikolai's hotter than him, and he's decided he voluntarily get, gives up his like tracking habit or job or whatever to be close to Alina. But then he gets bitter that he's close, like physically close to Alina, and can't be doing other stuff. Yeah, even though that's a decision that he made. <laughs> and and they're not going to talk about it. They're not going to just sit down and have a conversation with each other. Nope, they're just yeah. going to keep things from each other for an entire season. Oh Talking about things that I'd like for them to change, I'd like them Please. to keep on track of making Mal more likable, and yes. I, I don't know, you can't really, I just want them to change some stuff in Seated Store. Well, yeah, I have, I'm right now, I have a hard time squaring the Mal that we've seen on screen with, with who he becomes. Yeah, like Mal in Seated Storm and Mal in Rune and Rising. Well, Mal in Rune and Rising, I actually like. because He's better. That was, I think, I, honestly, I think Lee realized she was like, oh, wait, nobody wants these two to end up together. I need to make him more likable. <laughs> because they yeah. do. Yeah. Um, no, I think I, I did like him better in Ruin Rising. But yeah. yeah, Mal and Siege and Storm. Like, I, I don't really feel like the Mal that we saw in on screen could pot like. If they wanted to do that, it would be like a giant like, oh, he's a totally different person now. And I hope they don't do that yeah i hope they can manufacture some other conflict that's not quite so boring well they don't even have to because they have a lot of like alina's internal conflict about yeah how now she's got three men after her and but only for her power really you know and even i mean not mal i guess he's not after her power but he's resentful of her power right yeah her power causes her power is a source of conflict yeah with the person that she ostensibly wants to be with and is the reason that the other two men are pursuing her yeah is that is that a love square well not really are any of them actually in love i mean i i I think i think nikolai is enamored with the idea of her Yes, but Nikolai also wants her for political reasons. Yes. When I first read Siege and Storm, I was all in on Alina and Nikolai. That would have been perfection for me. But of course, now that I've read on, I'm like, I don't feel that way anymore. I love Nikolai with Zoya. They are fabulous. Right. It's Yeah, that's that was, yeah, talk about like, great job. Yeah, that that is the power couple. <laughs> yes, they're fantastic. But yeah, it's a... Well, not even like, you know, the trope of a love triangle, which doesn't even technically work as a triangle anyway, because I feel like love a love triangle only really works if the point, the intra, you know, the 
in this case, the woman, Alina, has conflicting feelings. Like it's, you know, if you've got five, you know, four or five people that want to be with you, it's not really a triangle unless you actually feel like you could see yourself with more than one of them. Well, I do think there's a part of her that can see herself as evil overlord with the Darkling. True. Which, if that's the way she turned, I would be all for that if she wanted to be evil, but that's not how people like to ship them. So that's, like, they prefer a Darkling redemption rather than uh, Alina going evil, which I don't personally think works. Yeah, no. There's, at least to me, there's there's more potential for her to be, quote unquote, evil Alina than there is actual potential for the Darkling to be quote-unquote good yeah like I don't really see like and don't get me wrong like if you if written correctly having you know her turn to dark could be quite compelling I mean I don't necessarily really want that but I well it's not the way the story goes so right, and it's not the way the story goes so I'm but okay I'm saying if that. we had wanted to write that story I'm sure it would have been fabulous yeah that would have been interesting I mean and I'm sure that there's plenty of fanfic yeah that goes that way which is fine um, before we get too far away, I have some emails from listeners that oh, I wanted awesome. to read. So first we have another email from Ronnie who sent an email a while ago. And first she says some nice stuff and I'm going to skip that. And then, um, so she says, I too had friends who only watched the show and didn't read the books. So I'm looking forward to this episode to hear everything you've been holding off on. I also have a friend who only read the Six of Crows duology. And when I've talked to her, we both noticed that the crows don't really come off as good at their job on the show. They luck their way through a lot of the obstacles and the heist, but I think that um, I think that some of it's fair because you can't expect everything to go smoothly. What did bother me was how Kaz just let Alina go in the end. Uh, I was thinking about I was thinking it was really out of character, but then I realized it's sort of exactly what happens in Six of Crows. Kaz gives up both because he sort of has to, but also because his friends want him to. I wonder if it's intentional foreshadowing or just needing to make him lovable in the show enough. Or though, whatever. Hmm. Uh, what do you think? What, did you also feel weird about how Kaz isn't as brilliant in the show? I think... I definitely noticed that he he has he has been softened. Oh, yeah. In the show, which I, I don't hate. Like, it, it works within the context of the show. Like, I don't feel like he wasn't introduced as something and then they turned him into something else. So that's the way he is in the show. Okay. Though, though again, I do wonder, um, for purposes of adaptation, I wonder if there's a chance that they are planning on, you know, adding something that will make him harder. Or if they're just, like, if we'll see some some growth you know some maybe back and forth with him or if they're just going to keep him the way that he is um you know again kind of goes back to how what are their how are they going to do the six of crows and crooked kingdom you know if they're trying to write completely new material for the crows for all of for three seasons which i wouldn't mind if they do it well Right, and I and I'm of the same mind. If they do a good job of it, I wouldn't mind at all. However, I do want I do want to see Wayland. <laughs> oh yeah, so, oh yeah, yeah. Wayland's going to be there. I don't think we have a, you know that's not not going to happen. Yeah, we're still going to get him. But um, yeah. Side note, kudos to Lee Bardugo for writing a show with a group of six criminals and pairing them all off romantically and having it not be cheesy as hell. Right. <laughs> like that's. <laughs> 
Like here, I have an even number of characters. Oh, that works out perfectly, but no one cares. It's because it is perfect. Yeah, yeah, no, that's that is a really good point because I think like, well, we got half of them, mm -hmm. and then well, I guess actually technically more than half of them. We've we've technically seen five of them. Yeah, in season one, um, so we're just waiting for Jasper's Jasper's other half, other other half, his demolition which, expert. Right, like I feel like, well, we basically name dropped him, so he's got, he's gonna, you yeah, know, we're gonna see him at some point, but yeah, I don't know, I, I don't, you know, basically to Ronnie's question, I don't mind that change. Mm -hmm. I think it's interesting, and I'm interested to see if they do something specific with it, and even if they don't, I'm okay with that too, because I think they've also Jesper seems to know like all of Kaz's oh, God, history. That bugs the shit out of me. Which definitely like that's a huge change from the books. And like, you know, his history is why he is the way he is, except they've softened him and they've also given other people that knowledge. But I think it's going to need to come up at some point. So in the books, he doesn't even tell Inej. Like right? Inej gets bits and pieces and that's it. And that it, he, nobody else knows anything. <sighs> and, you know, though it did, it has also occurred to me, you know, again, who knows, you know, that Jesper knows things, but maybe, maybe what Jesper knows is maybe he told Jesper something that's different than the truth. Or, or maybe Jesper yeah. knows pieces, but not the whole thing. It's quite possible Jesper just knows that uh, Kaz was taken in or was duped by Pekka, not that. Right. He had to right. use his brother as a pool floaty, you know. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, so that's that's that too. I'm like, maybe he knows some things, but not all the details, because that would also seem like that to me feels like something that Kaz could, you know, would do. I guess yeah. I can see that, but having him talk about yeah, watching what, his under, brother die and being <sighs> dumped out. Oh God! Under what circumstances would Kaz give? Jesper that information unless they have decided to completely change him him and then or even like the introduction of their introduction like maybe Kaz and Jesper had go back further than yeah they do in the books we don't really I guess that's true we don't really know yeah, um one thing that I wanted to say is that about letting Alina go I don't mm -hmm. think that's out of character because he did realize it wasn't going to work and yeah. Also, the thing about Kaz is he's an asshole and he's very damaged and everything, but he's not evil. And I think... Right. And taking Alina in such a public way would very much be saying like, oh, hey, Darkling, here she is. And I don't think Kaz wants the Darkling in charge. Right. And he's he's not stupid either. Yeah. I think that's important because, yeah, as far as letting Alina go... I saw that as he was like, this is the, op like, I don't have any options here. Yeah. And of course, you have to remember his line from the book where he, the one time, I think he actually said what he really wants when he said, I'm going to get my girl and I'm going to get my money. And he left that with the neige and with the necklace. So. Right. Right. That's a good point. So what, a lot of the times what Kaz says he wants, what he actually wants are two incredibly different things. Right, right. And, you know, again, like he's like I said, he's he's not stupid. He is 
very intelligent. You know, if he goes, okay, I had a plan to get these things, but that's not going to work. But I still figure out a way to get the, those, the things that I do want. Yeah. Right. So like, if there's another option, he's perfectly fine taking that option because he's the end, like you said, the end result is what he wants. Yeah. And as for not having him be as smart, I, I, I kind of agree, but I also think maybe there hasn't been opportunity. Like he, yeah. he did ferret out what was happening with um, the conductor, mm-hmm. whose name I can never remember. Yeah, me neither. Um, they did have that whole conversation about the decapel at the beginning, implying that right. he does know what he's doing in a heist. Yeah, and so I think I think it's kind of there. It's just not not as much as it is in Six of Crows, where literally, or more in Crooked Kingdom, where literally. He has to like plan out a thing and then suddenly he has to replan it and replan it and really be on his toes through Crooked Kingdom because that one was a wild ride for everyone. Yeah. And in, you know, in the interest of like, this is, these are things that in the time, you know, in the timeline that we're working with happened before Six of Crows. So I still think, like you said, he's, I think he's still, he's intelligent. But it's also, I feel like he's still earlier in his criminal career than he is in Six of Crows. Yeah. So I think we're seeing the pieces of of that. It just doesn't always work out the way that it works out in Six of Crows. And his, they all survive. <laughs> they all survive. He survives facing off with the Darkling. Though, well, speaking of, mm. <laughs> I should say that scene, oh. like... Did you Kaz scream? And- I screamed. Oh, absolutely. Or I guess. I was so happy. I, I just went, oh my God, it's happening. Yes. Ex- like, yes. That was my exact thought. <laughs> it's like, it's happening. This is what, like, and again, turned to my partner. I'm like, I paused it. I paused. And I was like, so like I've told you two different books, this couldn't have happened, but this is what literally every person who's ever read these books wants. Yes. Like if you were to pull people who consider themselves fans of these book series, what is like, you know, what characters would you like to see have a scene together? Kaz and the Darkling. Everyone's top answer. And here it is, and I'm dying. If we wanted new book scenes, obviously we want Sturmhund and Inej taking down slavers on the high seas. Yes. Or in the air. Or whatever. Like, yes, please. Yes. We could still get that. There is opportunity for that to happen. And That's I'm all I want from Lee Bardugo is the next ninth house book, because I just finished reading that. And <laughs> Sturmhund and Inej taking down pirates and then going home to their respective love interests. Please that and thank you. That would be awesome. And I feel like maybe we could get a version of that because they've introduced this concept that she has a brother out there. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. I so have maybe no idea what's happening with that. So maybe they're going to, you know, do something like that. Do something with that. You know, speaking of, you know, original storytelling for like the crows in Shadow and Bone. There's opportunity for that. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, Just some other things about them not being good at their job. Again, I've read this on Instagram, I don't know, some sort of social media thing. Uh, so it's not my own personal original idea, but like they fail at their job, but they fail spectacularly. Like I said, Kaz survives a confrontation with the Darkling. Um, Jesper wins in two fights against the Darkling's right hand heart render. Yeah. 
like they they get through the fold twice, including once literally Kaz is like beating Volker away with his cane. Oh my goodness. Like so they they do yeah. fail, but they are also shown to be competent. Exactly. Inej stabs the Darkling. So Yeah, I, I would I would say just Inej stabbing the Darkling. It's like I think they did okay. Yeah, so it it does definitely come across as like these are not my crows from the book because in the book they do always get away with their mm-hmm. uh, mark, but and this, and in this one they don't. But there was no way they could have also. So, right. Though I do feel like in the books, I mean, things don't always things don't always go the way they planned. No, but they do. So, they do get Kue, and then right. at the end of Crooked Kingdom, they do get their money. And that's kind of, I guess that's kind of how I see it in, well, what we've seen of them in, in the TV show. It's like, just because it didn't go the way they wanted it to, didn't mean that they're actually bad at their job. Yeah. Per, per se. Uh, but that, I do, I mean, again, I get it. Yeah. I They were sort of set up for failure from a meta point of view, though, because you, you knew going in that they wouldn't be able to take Alina. Right. Right. Yeah. And that, you know, again, like that keeps pe- people who have read the books are like, okay, well, how, how is this going to work? Yeah. Right. So like it kept us guessing. And I think it, you know, they made it work in a way that was, like you said, believable to me for, you know, would Kaz have done that? Well, he gets the money and he gets the girl. So why not? Exactly. And, and also, I, I don't remember. I feel like this is something you and Mandy talked about, you know, that he was okay with when they were planning the heist, the, you kidnapping alina mm-hmm. kaz was planning on kidnapping a fraud basically you know like he didn't believe in the sun summoner yeah you know there's a difference between sure i'll grab some someone who's like perpetrating a fraud you know whatever don't care versus like she actually has power like this is an important person who has his actual power like he sees her he sees her as a as a person but also as like a person with a purpose i think yeah i brought that up in regards to inej how she was cool with just kidnapping somebody oh, a, a, a fraud <laughs> and okay it, because i was talking about how everybody just wants to use yeah, alina yeah and how even That's, inej yeah. was totally cool with it when when sure. she thought she was a fraud and how interesting that was um True. but yeah no to a lesser degree because kaz is well, he is and he isn't very selfish. He thinks he needs to be selfish to survive. The whole his whole storyline in right. the books is sort of about realizing that he can survive and care about other people. Right, right. But yeah, and that's and that is true. You know, with um, I mean, I'm not saying like don't get me wrong. I 100 percent believe that Kaz would kidnap a random Grisha for money. I believe that. <laughs> I think Kaz in the show and Kaz in the books. Absolutely. Sure. Why not? But, um, but there's a difference, you know, again, between like a snatch and grab and spending, you know, then he spends time with her. They all spend time with her. And then he's the way that the effect she has on Inej obviously has something to do with it. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, it's, you know, when I think the stakes changed basically. Yeah. You know. Like yeah, definitely. What he, what he thought the stakes were when they started the job versus what he realized the stakes were by the end of the season. That made a difference. And then we have another email, uh, which is also about Six of Crows. So I think it's clear book readers, what they care about. 
um, from Mary Grace, who also said some nice things, but then also said that she was glad um, because she listened to the whole podcast after we were done posting it. Um, So she was happy to have the opportunity to write in. And I did just want to say, if anyone listening does have anything they want to write in about, we do plan to do more bonus episodes. So just write in. We'll, We'll work it in. Um... So Mary Grace says, I am so much more invested in the crows or the dregs than anyone else in the show. I can understand that. Well, until Nicola is on screen. And I can't stop thinking about how they'll be incorporated into future seasons. I know we don't know anything about their plot lines for the show, but what are you hoping for? Do you think it would be more successful to keep using the characters in the Shadow and Bone storylines or to try to incorporate their stories more or add more characters from Six of Crows to the show? I know it's hard to say because it's all technically a prequel. And then she says, also, Wylan, how do you hope he's introduced? Do you have anyone you're hoping to play him? Wylan has my whole heart. <laughs> and then she, in brackets, wrote Wesper with a heart. Oh, yes. Oh, Wylan. I, I do. I love him very much. Um, Like most of the crows, I hope he's cast by somebody I've never seen before. Yeah. Yeah, or or someone who's like you know, oh, they were like a back, you know, an extra in Game of Thrones or the background of. Yeah, I don't know why I'm thinking like somebody who was in, oh, what's that? Um, one of those British shows, and I'm always like, oh, I should watch that one, the gangs one. What's oh, <laughs> what about gangs? Yeah, I know what you mean. <laughs> you um, know what I'm talking about with the guy from Twenty Eight Days Later, uh, Cillian yeah. Murphy. Cillian Murphy, that uh. one. I don't know. For some reason, I'm just thinking, oh, some some like street urchin from that show would probably translate. Peaky Blinders. All right. Yes, that's the one. Peaky Blinders. Some kid, some street urchin from P- Peaky Blinders. I'm sure would be great for Waylon. As long as he has a big, like a good old red curly hair, I don't I don't care. Right. I want those curls, man. Yeah, and I want to be shorter than Jesper because that's how I've always. I don't think that would be too hard, though. Yeah, no. What's-his-face is pretty tall. He's tall. Um, and even, like, I'm really excited for the Jesper and Wylan romance, but I'm also, like, equally excited for Kaz to be like, yes, I must adopt this boy. Right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, because I think that, that that is also, like, you know, when, again, in the book, we're introduced to Kaz as, like, you know, he's, he's hard, he's, you know, he's just... He's this old, a bitter old man in a teenager's body. Yeah. Basically. And then Wyland shows up and he's just, just like, oh, I might keep you. <laughs> so I think that that's like, I, I am. But it, it's also things like, oh, yeah, Nina and, and uh, Matthias should go work together on this. And uh, Jesper and Wyland should go work together on that. And then he's like, all right, matchmaking done. You know, <laughs> like, Kevin <laughs> layers in the book. He knows, he knows what he's doing. And, and I, yeah, I do look forward to seeing that. I just want to see all six of them together with their dynamic. Uh, I'm so excited. Um, but yeah, so we've sort of talked about the question a bit already about how they're going to possibly do Six of Crows with Siege mm-hmm. and Storm. I don't know. I hope I hope the Fridays are good. I mean, they are, but right. I I, I trust I. Like I'm like I feel I, not that we have really any other option but to trust them. But yeah, that is, it's, it's a big question, and there's no I don't think there's an easy answer, you know, for how to yeah. you know how to keep those how to keep the I want to say the integrity of those stories, yeah, um, and do them both justice. 
So I guess we'll, you know, we'll see what they do with season two. And then, <laughs> you know, if we have a similar conversation before season three, we'll have a better idea. Hopefully. Hopefully. If they do, if they're like, Oh, we're doing it or we're doing, we'll have some idea, I guess, but I don't know. Yeah. I would like, I, what I would like to see is the season two to have like eight or 10 episodes, honestly, but. Season one had eight, didn't it? Didn't it just have. No, because we, I'm pretty Did sure. Have eight? I'm, I'm pretty sure okay, just because we have like nine ten. podcast episodes. Well then, yeah, I think it did have eight. So I guess I wanted to have 10 then. Yeah. I don't, because yeah. again, like both Shadow and Bone and Siege and Storm have kind of middle bits that you can condense a lot. True. I mean, like a, a lot of people say that nothing happens in the middle of Shadow and Bone because it is just a training montage, except it's not a montage. It's five chapters. Um, <laughs> yeah. Which is fair. Like, it's a fair criticism. Uh, but you also do get some really good stuff sort of shoved in there. Like, I miss Botkin and I miss yeah. I miss him saying that steel is earned and then Alina earning it. If, if that makes any sense. I don't know. Grisha steel well, I, in general, they got rid of. So that's interesting. Uh, oh, yeah. Which is literally what she kills the Darkling with. Hmm. Well, maybe... Again, like if we're getting an, if they're planning eight episodes, I guess there is some time for that stuff because she spends. I feel like I mean she spends a chunk of time. They spend a chunk of time, you know, at the little palace. Yeah, when she takes over the army, but I feel like all that training with Botkin is kind of and and with the other Grisha is what gives her right the the gumption to be like, yeah, I'm taking over the second army then. Like I don't, I don't feel like we've quite gotten that Alina in the show, so that'll be interesting to see. Well, and I think and one thing I was reminded of when I was watching um, that that YouTube um, review of Siege and Storm, where she's talking about how the book starts, mm-hmm. and I did remember that a, a plot point in the book that they've kind of taken care of at the end of season one was in the book at the beginning of Siege and Storm there when Mal and Alina are hiding in are they in Novia Zem? Yeah. Because she's still she's got the collar. Yeah. And she has to hide the collar. But in the show, she's absorbed it into her body so she doesn't have to hide that. I mean, that's the difference between wearing a scarf and not wearing a scarf. Right. Right. But I feel like they made it like this big, oh, it's, you know, they're hiding this. They're, I mean, she's hiding, but she's also hiding that aspect of herself. And they spend this chunk of time talking about what they're doing there. So I don't know. I don't know if they're going to spend, I could see them not spending as much time on any of like, they'd be like, oh, they're here. And then a thing happens and they have to go do other stuff. I don't, I could see them not spending a lot of time. They don't really in the book, though. It's like, hey, we're here. These are our lives. Oh, it's the Darkling. Oh, we're on a ship now. Right. Well, and she's like, what? Um, selling hairpins or something for money? And I, don't, I genuinely I don't, don't remember what she was doing. I don't know doing. why I remember that. But I feel like there's definitely opportunity where they, you know, we spend a little extra time. Well, not even extra. Just we get to spend some time with the other Grisha and maybe we get some of that. I mean, like really just exposition about, Oh, Oh, Grisha, like Grisha steel and maybe some other 
some more information about the amp, like Moritzova's amplifiers, I think, because that's something that they really kind of super skimmed over in the show. This is true, but I find that movies and shows just don't like to give exposition, which in a way I understand, but in a way, sometimes you need it. Right. And that, I I just feel like at some point they're going to have to give us a little bit more in the show about the amplifiers. Mm, They might do a flashback. Oh, Probably. Oh, maybe. Yeah, that could work. I mean, I just feel like I'm like, that's kind of like the point. Well, for half the book, they, they kind of get to it. They take care of that quickly in the book, I think. First half, right? Um, It's sort of all dragged out because in the, so in the, sh- in season one of the show, the apparat has already talked to Alina about there being three amplifiers. Right. Okay. And I, f- in the books, they go after, uh, when is it? They go after the sea whip, and at one point, Alina's just looking at the picture of Sancta Ilya, or Sancta uh-huh. Ilya, sorry, uh, in in the Lives of Saints book, and she realized that there's three animals in the picture, and so she realized oh, that the firebird is is the third one. is the third one because because basically the first book ends with you know the, she gets the stag stuff, and then and maybe I'm just thinking of it in terms because I have the the box set with basically with the creatures on the covers right i'm just like well you know so this one they do you know the stag is on the first one they get the stag in the first book they get the sea whip in the second book and then the firebird stuff in season episode episode book book three (laughs) book episode words um but they but yeah they get like the sea whip they kind of take care of that it feels quickly in that in the book and then they spend the rest of the time doing the little palace and the attack and stuff with Nikolai's brother. Yeah. They come back and Nikolai's like, I want to be king and I want you to be my queen. And that's what we're working towards. Cause I can get Vasily to abdicate. Which, <laughs> yeah. That goes well. Well, then he gets murdered and no one's upset. So, <laughs> well, no, no one's upset, but the whole like, he, I can get my, I guess the, I can get my brother to abdicate thing. I'm, I was just like, I'm skeptical. <laughs> I never really thought that was going to go well. I mean, there's, and maybe it's just, you know, again, because I've read the books and I'm like, oh, there's all this stuff in the books about the amplifiers and, and more Sova that they, uh, that they don't seem to want to do in the show. Like you said, like they just sometimes don't do that stuff, which is fine. But I also feel like there's some bits of information that we're going to need to have. I can absolutely see them doing a flashback to when Bagra killed her sister and started that whole thing. Oh, yeah. And how... And and in a way, they already kind of have started it, because in the Darkling flashback, they mentioned being related to Moritzova. Yeah. So I can see them continuing with that. And having the flashback was actually smart, because it does set the precedent for there to be more flashbacks. Yes. And... And at least so far they've used them well. Like yeah. it's not, I don't, I don't need it to be half flashbacks. I don't need that. But, yeah. Just um, the one flashback was just was great. One. You, I mean, even though they've, which I think was helpful too, because it established that they had made some small changes from the book. Yeah. Yeah. That, the, the whole, the making the fold was a little different. Um, the making of the fold, I thought, was pretty much the same thing. I mean, it was it was an accident, although mm, I guess they made it kind of less of an accident in the show. It was an accident, but I feel like in the I'm trying to remember in the book, 
and maybe this is just because they they kind of talked about it in um king of scars like what he was trying to do versus what he did because in in the book i mean he knew he was he was using merzost on purpose like that wasn't an accident he knew what he was yeah doing. he was using merzost but he wanted to i think he shoot what did he want to do i literally just reread these books <laughs> But I feel like he wanted to create the army, not the fold. And then the fold yes. happened, and also he couldn't control the Volker. They wanted to eat him just as he much wanted, as they wanted to eat yeah, anyone. Yeah, he wanted an army of... He was trying He was trying to transform the king's army into I don't know, I don't know if we're mixing control, this up with the show. I think. I believe, but I feel like in the book, it was like he, it was, it was very deliberate in the show. It was like, he suddenly decided to do a thing. Right. Like it was, it was, the show felt much more reactive though. The result was the same and his intention was the same, but in the book, it was like, he had this, he had a plan. He'd been working on it for a while. Yeah. And And then he was like, I'm going to use, you know, I'm going to use Merzost and Bagger was not on board with that. Definitely in the show, they, they at least established that Mordzova had some journals. That's important. Yes, right. And blue things. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it wasn't like it, it wasn't you know like a change that I had any problems with. No, no, no. I didn't have any problems like, with was, it. I'm just okay. just trying to think of thinking about what they're gonna do with all this stuff. Well, yeah, that's the <laughs> how much you know how much will if they do flashbacks like what what would they what would they choose to show. Yeah, I think flash. Even I honestly, I think some flashbacks with more like they could do some more Sova flashbacks. Like I'd be okay with that. That's a way to get out some exposition without just having people read a book or talk about it or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But of course, you know, it's the only character that, aside from obviously the um, Alina and the Darkling, the only character that we've like seen uh, amplifier on is. Zoya, so the, I could see where, right? The Darkling doesn't have an amplifier, so only we've only seen them on Alina and Zoya. Right. Well, they talked about the Darkling being an amplifier. Yes, they talked about being. And then he had the the chunk of bone in his hand, which. Oh yes, I guess yeah, sure. Yeah, which was I guess, but that wasn't even technically an amplifier. It was like a receiver. <laughs> but we've seen Zoya's, but I could also see them like using that as a way to explain, like, oh, Zoya has one. Because it's there and we've seen it because we know she's got it. But if you if you haven't read the books, you, you might not notice. Like I think, Although, I think you know, Mandy I didn't really notice didn't it. Didn't notice it on her, and Mandy did, and I thought that oh, was hilarious. Okay. I couldn't. I was like, oh, somebody noticed it, and I I, I didn't notice it the first time. No, I didn't notice it at all. Like oh crap! But then with it was like oh yeah, because you know King of Scars and that comes up in King of Scars. So so I guess there's there's. Obviously, there's several different ways they could do it. I mean, they could just be like, oh, they're going to do an amplifier. And of course, there's always, you know, some random character that someone can explain it to them if we need to. Oh, Zoya's got one. Or they could, I could see them doing some kind of, you know, a more of a flashback. And then when they cut to present day, like, zoom in on, on Zoya's amplifier. Because now that Alina's is part of her body, you can't see it. Well, early on in the season, she's going to get a, her second one. Oh yeah, and I don't know how they're gonna do that. Like, if she's gonna, if it's gonna sink into her again, or if it's gonna be, was it a bracelet? It, yeah, it was a bracelet. It was a a fetter. But yeah, right, a bracelet right. with the like scales from because they murdered the dragon. Oh. 
but I am looking forward to seeing that and I would very the much airships. Like oh, dragon. I'm excited for the airship. That that Netflix money, like a very nice airship, please. Yes. Well, <laughs> I don't think they had that much money in season one, but I'm looking forward to hopefully a bigger budget for season two. Well, they did okay with what they had. Oh, no, they did great. Most of the time in season one. There were a couple of times, but most of the time. The only time that it really, I was really drawn out of it for what I presume were budget reasons was the fight between Mal and his friends and the Fjordans where they're clearly on sand, not snow. Oh, yeah, when it's sand on snow. I noticed that too. I think like somebody falls, like falls into it. And I went, oh my God, that's sand. And then I was like, that's, that, that, that works. I mean, I get it. Yeah. Not bad. They made the scene, they used the lighting really well in that scene and made it look really good. But yeah, that's that's the only time that I was like, uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. And well, and yeah, like even the end of the last episode with the Nietzsche Voya, I was like, well, there's that's where their money went. Yes. But they clearly just used that same set for the the snow. (laughs) They totally did. Which, like, again, 100% fair. You got to do what you got to do. Oh, absolutely no shade at all. But yeah, it's fun to notice that stuff. I just get a kick out of it. Yeah. Um, was there anything else in particular you wanted to bring up? Nothing's big's coming to mind. I mean, I think we kind of talked about, they got a note about like, what do we not want? Like, I think we kind of covered that with Mal. Um, with Mal. <laughs> yeah, I don't like want, I don't want Seed and Storm Mal. Or Seed and Storm Alina, because she too is like, oh, I'm having these conversations with the darkling no one can know i'm like why don't you tell anyone anything alina jesus Christ. yeah if she could not be quite so you know i must suffer i must suffer alone because i'm you know me i guess because i feel like yeah they kind of get to this but they're like she you know she's trying to be a leader and she just decides that being a leader means not telling anyone anything ever i mean i guess that's kind of realistic where she because she doesn't know how to lead yeah true but it gets yeah i feel like it gets a little like you said it's like oh we're gonna say just tell somebody like just say hey this weird thing's happening yeah because i feel like they establish they give her care you know people that she can trust yeah and then she's just like tamar you can always trust tamar Tamar. i love tamar yeah no i mean like we've said i think you know tamar tolia and wyland that's those are the big and, and, obviously and Nikolai, Nikolai, obviously. Obviously Nikolai. if if you know if listeners haven't picked up on it by now we're psyched for <laughs> we're psyched for Nikolai yeah so oh I did want to mention that one of the reasons that I was determined never to really mention him to Mandy is that I don't know how they're gonna advertise him like are they gonna just say yeah storm hunt are they gonna cast different people are is it gonna be a surprise <sighs> And so I just never wanted to bring it up really with her because I loved the surprise of like, oh, it's this pirate. Oh, no. Or sorry, privateer. Uh, or And uh, he's the prince, the younger prince, who didn't even get a fucking mention in season one. And there was a right. really good opportunity for it. And they just didn't do it. I was surprised. I was surprised at that, too, because when they, you know, you see the king and queen and... Prince, was it Vasily? Vasily. And I remember, ugh, I was like, eh. Yeah. Because I think doesn't Zoya make some comment about, like, you know, what, someone being handsy, or maybe she was just talking about the king. The king, or I think that's Jenya. Jenya. Um, it wouldn't but have been like, Zoya, because they weren't speaking at the time. Yeah, but when they're walking towards 
I don't know. I think that first demonstration of power, Jenny's yeah. describing the royal family, or the people who are going to be there, and the apparatus. And then, and she could have just put in a little line about how, but the younger prince isn't going to be there because he's yeah. off at university or whatever. Right. I think that's where people think he is. Him yeah, and Jesper so. lying to their parents about school. <laughs> Going to school, guys. Just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> Instead, they both do crime. I thought that. <laughs> Look cute, do crime. Exactly. That's their motto. Um, <laughs> well, I think Jesper's just, just motto is also uh, be gay, do crime. Oh, that's fair. <laughs> but yeah, I, I noticed that too. I was like, no, like they literally do not mention that there is a second prince yeah which, which I, I thought was odd i hate because now he's just gonna come out of fucking nowhere I'm like right. oh that's convenient like, like where do you come from yeah. like actually he's really like he's a great character but just gonna not talk about him well hope, hopefully there's some mention of a second prince in season two before storm hunt shows just up. to make the reveal super obvious right <laughs> This thing with shows like this, like that is not uncommon. No, that's because true. they're trying to play to an you know, to their audience. It's one of those YA adaptation things. I guess Sturmhund could say, like after they escape from the Darkling, could say that Nikolai hired him. Oh yeah. Cause I guess I'm just like hoping it's gonna it's gonna be Yeah, and like you said about if they're gonna cast two different people or if they're going to do something like, you know, oh, he's wearing a fake nose and false beard or some something like that. I mean, I know he's tailored. Yeah. But it but still I feel like they could do something if they if they don't want to cast two actors. I could see them doing something like, you know, facial fake facial hair or something like that. Like I know it's uh, extra money, but I hope they cast two actors, honestly. That would be interesting. For, for the people who haven't read the books, I want I want them to have that moment of like, wait, what? Well, as long actually what just occurred to me is if they try to do something like they did in uh, Discovery Season 1 with that actor that played, what's his name? Oh, yeah, on, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, and they're like, there's this actor on the IMD, you know, like on the IMDb page with this other name. Yeah, as Star Trek Discovery Season 1, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That would be... Well, as we've seen, that would be easily discoverable. <laughs> right, like everybody was like, oh, obviously there's something going on with this guy. But like, especially since we're all paying so much attention to the casting. Yeah, I yeah, I feel like fans would be like, well, that's, would see through that in a minute. But we'll see, I guess. I mean, I don't know that, that actor that's been rumored, I was like, I could, I could, uh, I could watch him act. Yeah, he looks great. I hope he can act. And I hope that the rumors are true. Or I, I just hope that they've cast somebody good because I don't want to be that like Kaz and Nikolai and Inej were the three people who I really did not want to be disappointed in. Yeah. Yeah, Kaz Kaz was a big one for me, obviously. Um I mean and I liked what they decided to do with Alina's character. Um Oh. I just thought what? Uh Alina and Jenya go through some physical transformations in book two. Yes, that's kind of, well, I was thinking about some Alina stuff. Like, I hope, A, I hope they get a good wig. Don't get a shitty wig for Alina. Right, that's, that's what I was just thinking about. It's like, because it's, 
in the book, it's, I mean, it's a change, but it's not as drastic as what it's going to have to be. Well, she had black hair in the book until the end of Siege and Storm. But true. But she she was a white person. Right. She was a white person. And that, I guess that just like, that's going to make it, she's going to be so, you know, obvious. Yeah. I I feel like that's, that's just going to make a difference physically. It makes a difference either way, but I feel it's a bigger change. Yeah. And then for Jenya, I really hope that they don't pull a Game of Thrones. Oh, you mean like with um, Tyrion? Tyrion. Where they made him just kind of like, here's one scar. You look dash. You look right, even more right. dashing now. Here's like just one, like one of those like through the eye or under the eye yeah. kind of thing. Like, like really just kind of makes you look. Jenny is supposed to go from being the exotic. most beautiful person ever to horrifically maimed. <sighs> yeah. I-, I could see them doing, I mean... Like we said, like we, I hope it's not just like one little scar, but it, you know, hopefully looks like because it it's a claw mark. It's many claw marks, though. It's, it's not claw just marks. It's like a whole like yeah through her her whole face. So yeah, I hope I agree. I would like to see them do it justice because I think that that's an important part of her character journey yeah absolutely and her relationship with david so oh my goodness do you know what happens to the two of them in rule of wolves um no i don't know but you can tell me Is they, have a, they have a big happy wedding oh good and then david dies <gasps> and oh my gosh i literally texted oh some God. friends about how much i hated Lee partuka that happened and i uh, cried a lot and this was like a week before the show came out and then we got to see david at the beginning of their relationship (laughs) uh it was really it was not it was not a good time for me no no i don't well when i get to that part in the book i will (laughs) yeah like i don't even mind spoiling it because it wasn't the actual death that made me cry so much it was something that happened afterwards which was the same actually with matthias when he died i was like eh whatever but then when they had his funeral i was like oh god everybody's yeah. so sad yeah the, yeah unless again like when a bunch of people when someone or a bunch of people are sad in books or movies tv shows that yeah. upsets me very much i i so i will simply say the notebook is what broke me in rule of wolves and i like violently sobbed Aww. Um. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll be. I'll let you know when I get to that part. It was. It was. It was <laughs> Sometime the next for few me. weeks. Yeah. Oh. Well. I still. So. Well. I'm definitely. I'm looking forward to. You know. Heartbreak. Seeing what we. What we get. Well, heartbreak. But what we get of their love story in season two. Yes. Yes. And, and her. The best line in all the books that Jenny has. Which is, I am not ruined. I am ruination. I love that. I love that line. Yeah. I love that line very much. That's one of the reasons why I still do love the Shadow and Bone trilogy. Um, even though when I reread it, I'm like, wow, this is as somebody said right the epitome of a early 2010s yeah, it, YA yeah, novel, it and that's what this is. Uh, even with like, oh, the two main characters don't talk to each other in book two. Oh, thing, <laughs> you know, like the, the stereotypes are just leaking off the page. But still, Lee is good at writing these these one lines that just ah, that are so yeah, good, really and and also you. her her cinematic scenes are good. And anyways. I'm also looking forward to, um, with like more more scenes with 
like good scenes with Zoya and Alina in season two. Mm-hmm. I think there's, I mean, they barely, they didn't have a lot of interaction in season one. And I think like, I know you had, you and Manny talked about like how like awful Zoya is to Alina. Yeah. I mean, she's pretty awful in the book too. Yeah, And yeah, no, she is, she is pretty awful in the book, but I am looking forward to, cause well, even when, I mean, they obviously they, they're not ever best friends. But seeing, I I feel like, you know, seeing that, the evolution of their relationship, the respect yeah. that Zoya, because I think that's the, kind of what it comes down to is like, especially in the first book and in season one, where Zoya's just like, you know, who who the fuck you think you are? Like, yeah. why should I care about you? I don't care about you. Like, you're just some kid, right? Yeah. And I think in book two, and I'm assuming in season two, you know, we will get her, you know, coming to respect Alina for who she is and what she has to do, and we get a bet. I want to say a better Zoya. It's not. She's still the same person. Yeah, and I think that's one of the reasons that I really like her and I really enjoyed her um, sections in King of Scars and Real Wolf so far. It's just like she's unapologetically herself, but she does show growth and change, and and I appreciate that. So I'm looking forward to seeing that because and I like the you know the casting and I liked you know I think they've done a good job with the character so far. I do also, and one of the things that I love about Zoya is that it's very clear, especially in book one, that Lee sort of wrote her to be the stereotypical mean girl, right? but then didn't let her stay in that role. Yes. You know, absolutely exactly. had her have a whole story, motivations, and never changed her to being, she's not ever nice, you know, but she is good and- Right. Right. Yeah. And funny. So she's so funny. So like- I think at some point somebody describes her expression as saying that it looks like she kissed a lemon and she says, lucky lemon. Yeah, no, yeah, in uh, was in King of Scars, yeah. um, but Nikolai says it to her. It's like, you look like you made love to a lemon. Right, yeah. But yeah, and she had a, and I think it's just like an internal dialogue in King of Scars where she says something about be, like decisions made by men or something and how it's affected her and jenya and alina yes like all the things you know that men have done and how they've re you know they're the ones that have to deal with it yeah and and just how much she cares about nina in the books yeah yeah she really took nina on her under her wings Mm -hmm. and well before she had wings um (laughs) and and really cared about her and oh, I love Zoya so much. Yeah. I'd love because I love Zoya and Nikolai together. I I'm hope that they get some scenes even though they that's not really in the books. I would like yeah, I would like that. I, mean, I think there's there's possibility for that. It's but, yeah. Yeah, if we could yeah, see their the some of their early like yeah. I, I would just like to see them on screen together and just yes. kind of see what <laughs> yes. because I'm going to be like yes, yes. I love their whole dynamic like even before their dynamic involves being in love right i love right because he's the ultimate funny good dude and she's not that at all (laughs) and she does like she has sub like just you know and again just because i just reread it in king of scars like some of her stuff i'm just like oh she's so great and they're so great and even parts where they're just like, obviously, he's like, I don't like her. And she's like, I don't give a crap about him. And, you know. Yeah. Uh, when, um, like, Tamar, I think it's the beginning of Rule of Wolves, Tamar and Tolia have 
it's like where they say something i think to nikolai they're like well I, toya says that nikolai was looking at um zoya the way that tamar looks at her wife mm-hmm. and i was just like oh my god i love him so much oh that's the thing with toya i hope that he is this like huge big warrior man and i hope they give him his poetry too oh they better yeah i think that's a big part of his his character i just really really want season two now (laughs) i had like moved past the stage where it was like all i wanted you know how sometimes you finish season one of a show and all you want is season two like right now and you can't you can't watch anything else you can't think about anything else you just end up rewatching season one and i'd moved past that but now that we're talking about it i'm like oh want this i just just want it right now it's i mean they haven't as i mean as far as i'm aware they haven't started pre-production yet so well they have uh the writers i'm pretty sure they finished writing it yes they finished writing it i saw that probably means pre-production is happening like costume designing and set designing and all that sort of thing and i don't i don't know what the actors are doing right now but yeah i haven't seen much so i as far as yes i guess it's safe to say as far as we know they haven't started filming no but that should be or yeah as far as we know you know as far as we know they haven't started filming but so we're probably not getting it that well i mean well we're definitely not getting it this year but no sorry i had i had it in my head that we got season one in like november december but it was april no this year yeah we're not gonna get that for season two so it might it might be april next year because if they can film is it only take a month or two to film? So if they can do that by the end of the year, we might get it by April. If they can, if they can get through filming by the end of the year, but I wouldn't be too surprised if we don't get season two until later in the year, like summer. Yeah, oh, summer or terrible. fall. Just I'm I guess I'm just thinking of like shows like Outlander. Like we had some long we've had some long waits between seasons. I feel like. But I don't know. I I always think long waits are a mistake because you lose audience. I agree. I agree. And I think, you know, but of course there's the positive. Let's just say barring any COVID related holdups. Barring COVID related holdups. I mean, I think we could, I think we could, we could get it next year. Just I'm thinking maybe mid to late. I'm, I'm staying optimistic for next April because uh, I'd love to be disappointed. (laughs) <laughs> okay well i'm i'm just you know i gotta go on record as saying not the first half of the year but i would love to be wrong okay we'll just we'll go with that which and so hopefully we'll be hearing about casting any day now god i hope so i just really want to know who's playing nikolai <laughs> everybody know. wants to know who's playing nikolai so they're either gonna tell us or they're and not Wyland, gonna tell and us Wyland. i want nikolai and Wyland. <laughs> Island and the twins like that's everyone <laughs> that's, that's all that's just all the new characters yeah. now this is just random was it ivan that died in at on the skiff at the end of season one he must have like they don't show it but only the darkling walked out so he must be dead right because doesn't he's around in season he's around in season storm so he dies on the boat when they get the sea whip so and, right. and they have their battle so if, they just moved up so the step a bit pick but somebody like, else What's her face also died in season one. Oh yeah, Nadia's friend. Yeah, shoot, <laughs> I have no I idea. That, her name is gone. Um, Maria. Maria, yeah, Marie. Maria? I think yeah, just Marie. 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 Uh, and she dies at the end of Siege and Storm. 
during the big battle. So, so Maria's hopefully. Oh, um, hopefully we'll get her brother though, Adric. Adric. No. Although part of his whole She's... like trauma was that he watched her die. So I don't know. Or is he Nadia's brother? He's not. Adric's Nadia's brother. Oh, Adric loses an arm because that was the thing I was trying to remember when I was listening to. Um, King of Scars, I was like, wait, didn't his sister die in season one? And then I was like, eh, maybe not. I was like, oh, that wasn't his sister then. That didn't some, I guess it was her boyfriend not that watched he- her die, and he was messed up about it. Marie. That sounds... And then he maybe betrayed them in Rearn and Rising? I just reread these books, and they're already gone, so. Yeah, yeah, I, I do remember that there was, uh, somebody was traumatized by her death. Maybe I mean I don't know. Maybe Adric. Well, I mean it's a big battle, and maybe a lot Adric of people. Was her boyfriend? I don't know. No, but... no, I don't think so. No, I don't think so though. But he's Nadia's. Nadia's brother. That makes brother. that makes more sense. Yeah, because she's Nadia is um more. She's the the cheerful one, and he's <laughs> the the real downer. One. Yes, well, her and and then also, Leoni is also much more sunshiny. Yes. So but, um, I'd also like to see Adric be cast. Yeah, me too. I mean, I assume they're going to. Um, well, does he I lose his so. arm in Siege and Storm or Ruin and Rising? He it must be Siege and Storm because then he figures out how to summon with just the one arm. Yeah. Because he's the only one that stays behind at the little palace. The only kid, yeah. The only, yeah, the student. So, because <clears throat> he wanted to stay with his sister. His sister. So it has to be Nadia, because you wouldn't have a sister mm-hmm. to stay behind for. Yeah. Oh, gosh. So We're going to get so many correction emails. That's cool. <laughs> cool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> please please let Caitlin know if we are wrong. <laughs> she will pass that along to me. Yeah. I don't have a problem being wrong. I mean, like I said, I watched a couple videos about the books just to remind myself, you know, what happens when-ish. <laughs> so. All right. Well, I think that's that. Thank you so much for joining me and letting me have this conversation about the show with the books, which I just needed to get off my chest. Of course. Of course. Um, hopefully our next bonus episode is going to be about casting or hopefully or perhaps uh, Mandy will have read Shadow and Bone by then. Yeah, I am looking forward to that. But it is. I can understand that it's difficult to read a book when you like have to read a book. So <laughs> Difficult to be in the mood for it. Yeah. But um, where can people find you online? Um, you can find me on Twitter at FarFlungHope5. Um, I tweet a lot about TV shows and books. Surprise. Mm-hmm. Um, recently, you know, lots of, of chatter with uh, the marvelous podcast hosts about Loki. Yes. Another eloquent gushing show. Yes. I, it's... I'm I'm trying to get on like every eloquent gushing podcast. Mm. Just like I'm, you know, might as well try, right? So, goals, goal. It is goals. <laughs> hey, I was I was on uh, uh, pop culturally deprived a few times. So perfect. And you can obviously you can tweet the show at Enter the Fold Pod. You can email us at EnterTheFoldPod at gmail dot com. I'm Caitlin, and you can follow me and find my other shows on Twitter at InferiorCaitlin, and you can find this show and all the other Eloquent Gushing shows at EloquentGushing.com. We're also on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Eloquent Gushing. Thank you again for joining us, Rachel. Yeah, anytime, anytime. And goodbye. <laughs>